0: miracy i'm jeff cobb and you're listening to making it i run a business called Tagoris, where we help organizations and individuals in the learning business increase their reach revenue and impact when i was young i used to draw a lot i was very artistic and could sketch and do things like that very well you know and by like second or third grade i was drawing bookmarks and and just other things and actually selling them to, to other kids so i turned my my drawing into a business already you know back in in elementary school and by the time i was in you know what would be junior high high school in, in the united states i had a uh you know lawn business basically i was cutting yards and blowing leaves and um generally you know making quite a bit of money after school and on the weekends by running that lawn business. And uh, I continued to do that some uh, over the summers during college. So, you know, I was always figuring out ways to kind of create value that would earn me money. I think it was probably around ninth grade when I really fell in love for the first time with reading and writing in a way that I never had before. I had a teacher who just really inspired me she taught uh, a tale of two cities you know the, the classic dickens novel and you know of course i'd read things before in school but that was the first time that a book like really came alive for me um and then you know we had to write about it and uh and uh, my writing i probably owe you know most of my ability to write to to her for bringing that out of me and it, i just realized that this combination of being able to to read well and find meaning and then to be able to to write and express yourself well are so powerful. And that doesn't necessarily lead you to an education path, but it starts to make you think there's so much to be learned. There's so much to be read. There's so much that can be written about that and, and shared with others. Well, you know, when I graduated from college, I just... I, at that point, I think I was—I would describe myself as pretty clueless, not knowing what I wanted to do with life. Uh, I think I'd describe myself as kind of a, a slow learner in general. It takes me a while to kind of figure out my path and things. So I got a job, you know, working in D.C. I was working for a think tank, but it was a writing job. I mean, that's what I gravid- gravitated to right from the start was was writing, and it was a good job. After that, ended up actually going into a doctoral program in comparative literature and thinking I was, you know, going down that road to, to becoming a, a professor. Well, during the, the time that I was in graduate school, and, you know, if you're in a doctoral program in, in literature, it takes a while, and I did all the usual things of taking classes, but I also taught a lot. If you're in a typical PhD program, particularly in the humanities you know, by the time you're in your second or third year of that program, you essentially become a, a very low paid professor. You know, you're actually standing up in front of a classroom delivering you know your own classes to college students. And I was teaching Russian. I was teaching great books of the Western world. About the time that I was getting close to wrapping up the Ph.D., a friend of mine pulled me into a venture a she had gotten involved with, which was an e-learning company. And this was in the middle of the, the 1990s. So it was the beginning of the whole dot-com craze all sorts of money was being thrown at uh, different types of technology companies and e-learning you know, was certainly one of those areas that was booming. And before long, I was you know, out on the road, driving to community colleges to, to sell them on what we were doing. And then one thing led to another, the company was actually based in Hollywood and um, ended up moving out to, to Hollywood with my wife and moving up in that company, eventually became the senior vice president of business development and the head of the academic unit It didn't turn out well in the end, but uh, I learned a huge, huge amount and um, and was, you know, able to make enough money at it that I left there before everything imploded and started my own first company. You know, back in the day when I was working with the company in Hollywood, we'd spend half a million dollars, you know, putting together a really high quality video driven course. And we had all sorts of complications around delivering it and that sort of thing. And now you could, you know, get a free platform or maybe pay 50 or 100 bucks a month. If you wanted to get fancy, you could shoot videos with your phone. You could put them onto Google Drive or onto YouTube or or wherever to to host them. And suddenly, you know, if you've got any sort of expertise, you're able to get that out to the world. And I noted this in the book and sort of in passing that I was seeing this happen. And then, you know, I did a blog, a website related to the book, because that's just sort of the type of thing you do if you're publishing a book. And didn't think much about it, but I happened to do a post at one point. It was kind of a roundup of all of these different new platforms I was seeing come out, like you know Thinkific and Teachable and and Udemy and all these others. And I just wrote up you know my thoughts on on each of these and posted that just like I post anything on a website. And I woke up one day probably in I don't know, 2014 or whenever it was, and there were like 10,000 hits on that page. And I was like, oh boy, there's something going on here. And I realized, wow, there's a group of people out there who are hungry for knowledge around these types of platforms around the sort of entrepreneurial opportunities that are there with online courses, but also with, you know, membership sites and live streaming and, you know, communities and all of the things that you can do online. And so that's what we started focusing on with learningrevolution.net. And that became a whole new line of business uh, for Tagoras. The first time you open up your email, you've started a business, you've been out there doing the work and you open up your email one day and somebody has contacted you to say, hey, I understand you're really good at doing this. Could we talk about you doing it for me? And you realize, wow, people are coming to me now. I'm not having to go out there and, you know keep banging down doors to get somebody to pay attention and, and hopefully do something with me, they're actually coming in and requesting me and my company to do this. So that, that's, you know, that moment, you know, that you've made it to at least a certain level. And then I think beyond that, when you get to the point where you can pause, you can breathe, you can take a vacation and you know, you're confident that things are going to keep going, that money is going to keep coming in, that the work that needs to be done is going to be done by people who are capable of doing that work. You realize at some point that that you've gotten there. And, you know, it's it gives you at least momentarily that sense of, of fulfillment and peace that you really have made something and that something is actually working. I mean, I don't necessarily feel like I'm there every day, but I feel that I'm there most of the time now. When you get to that point, you really for me, that's when you feel like you've, you've made it. It's so easy to make assumptions, particularly you know in the context of trying to create and, and grow and, and run a business. I mean, too often we think we know what our customers want. We think we know what our employees want. Um, we just think we know and we don't. And sometimes we need to, as I said already, shut up and listen. A lot of times we need to figure out how do we actually ask the right questions of the right people that are going to get us answers that are truly useful and that's one I won't say I've I certainly have not mastered either one of those those are you know things I will continue to work on until the day I die I'm Jeff Cobb and you've been listening to making it you can find me at learningrevolution.net Making It is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab and Just Between Coaches. This episode of Making It was produced by Danny Bermant and Jeff Govertson. Cynthia Lamb is a supervising producer. Danny Innie is our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. So you catch the great episodes that are coming up on Making It, go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you. And we'll see you next time.